Okay, let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 1. Galatians, chapter 3, verse 1. I'll be reading out of the NIV version of the Bible here tonight. Let's go ahead and pray for the word of the Lord and also for our church offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now that you would bless the reading of your word here tonight. Lord God, anoint it and give it life. I thank you, God, that you have given me the honor to be up here on this platform to speak your word, Lord God, and to do the best that I can to teach your word to my brothers and sisters here tonight. And I thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit that is here right now to help us to absorb your word here tonight. For those that are listening online, fill that place where they're at with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, whether it's their living room, their kitchen, their bedroom, their office building, wherever they may be. Help them, Lord God, to be touched and be ministered and be comforted by your Spirit. Let the Word of God come alive to us right where we're at. Let it minister to our souls. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Very good. All right. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says this. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Now, last week we began to look at this particular verse of Scripture in the Bible. And we focused on the word foolish. And the Apostle Paul was calling the Galatians foolish because they had allowed themselves to stray away or to be misled about the gospel of grace. And they were reverting back to salvation by the works of the law or works of righteousness. Listen, church, whenever you and I choose to to regress or to take our eyes off of Jesus, we are being fooled by the enemy. So we have to always keep our eyes on the Lord. Can you say amen, church? Now, we can criticize the Galatians if we want, but uh, I believe that all of us fall prey to this a lot. For example, every time we mess up, or let me make it more personal, every time I mess up, every time I do something that I know is not right, that, that I disobey or I sin against the Lord, right away, as soon as I do, I feel condemnation. I feel like a failure. I, I feel like a reject. I feel like a loser. I feel like I didn't match uh, what the potential to what God wants me to be. And we go back to wanting to please God by acts of righteousness instead of believing or accepting or understanding that our righteousness is not within ourselves. It is only because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and because of his blood. Can you say amen, church? So if if we start looking at ourselves and how we fall short, we're always going to condemn ourselves. But if we realize that our righteousness is because of Jesus, then we're going to be at peace. And we can, every time we mess up, Every time we do what's wrong, we cannot allow the enemy to condemn us. We have to always go to the Word. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And we have to rest in that. We have to believe that. We have to trust in God's Word, not in our feelings, our emotions, or in our own carnal thinking. We have to rest in the truth found in the Word of God. So, We looked at some examples of when our Lord calls individuals fools or foolish. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27 says this, Therefore, 
Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. That's what we got to do. We got to take this word and we got to put it into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. In other words, when I do mess up, I go back to the Word and I trust in the Word. When I'm in a financial storm, I go to the Word. When I'm in an emotional storm, I go to the Word. When I'm getting hit from different directions, I go to the Word to be able to deal with my issue with the Word of God. And the Bible says when we do that, we are wise. But then it says this in verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When we trust in our own strength, when we lean on our own understanding, we're always going to get messed up. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? Amen? We need to trust in the Lord. The Galatians went from building their house on the rock which is Christ, to building their house on the sand, which is the works of the law or salvation through human effort, which is impossible. We can't do it. We looked at another example of who our Lord calls or considers foolish. The person who is rich in treasures of this earth, but not rich toward God, is foolish. The person who is busy storing up treasures in heaven through good works is wise. Luke chapter 12. Verse 20, verse 16 through 20. I'm going to go from verse 16 through 21. It says this. And he told them this parable in Luke 12, 16 through 21. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. This man chose to store up his treasures on earth but Jesus teaches us that we need to store up our treasures in heaven. Again, ushers, I'm going to brag on you. Thank you for being here tonight. Those of you running our systems here tonight, our online systems, our sound system, our overhead systems, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for your labor. Those of you out there... Uh, doing the uh, health checks. Thank you for your labor. Those of you that are in church, those of you that are watching online right now, all of this is going to be rewarded by God. Matthew 6.20 But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now another example of who our Lord calls foolish is a person who denies that God is real or denies that God exists. Psalm chapter 14, verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. It repeats it again in Psalm chapter 53, verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is 
know God. When you see the works of God, when you experience the works of God, when you are made aware of the evidence of God and that He is real and that He exists, and yet you turn away from it, you turn your back to it, you intentionally deny it simply because you want to continue living in your own deception or in your own lie, the Bible tells us that you are considered foolish or a fool. Listen, every time we wake up in the morning and we see the sunrise, that's evidence that God is real. When the sun goes down and the moon comes up, that's evidence that, the, that God is real. When we see and understand that our world and our, and our, and our solar system is circulating and, and it's in order and, and it's keeping it kept in place by the power of God, that should be evidence that God is real. Can you say amen, church? Another example of who our Lord considers foolish is a person who speaks or listens or speaks and listens to folly. To put it more simply, a fool speaks nonsense and feeds on nonsense. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 2 says this, The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, adorns knowledge or seeks after knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes or puts forth folly. Proverbs 15, 14 says this, The discerning heart seeks knowledge. Here it is again. The wise heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of the fool feeds on folly. For example, those who teach, and we gave these examples last week, those who teach and believe in evolution are speaking and listening to folly. Those who believe in Planned Parenthood and support abortion are speaking and listening to folly. Those who believe in the LGBT agenda and support same-sex marriage are speaking and listening to folly. If you reject what God teaches and believe what man says, then you are foolish because you are speaking and listening to folly or nonsense. All this stuff is nonsense. If you seek after biblical knowledge and believe what the Bible teaches, then you are wise because you are speaking and listening to biblical truth. Proverbs 14.3 a mouth, a fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. A fool's mouth speaks with pride. The evolutionist that is speaking folly does so with pride. The abortionist and Planned Parenthood speak folly with pride. The LGBT community promotes their folly with pride. These individuals are proud of their sin. They're proud of their rebellion. But those who put their trust in the Lord and walk in His truth and follow the Word of God will be protected. How many of you want to walk in the protection of Almighty God? What does Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 says? Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of of the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, Psalm 91, God is a, he will protect us. He is a shield over us. Why? Because we're trusting in him. Can you say amen, church? First Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Listen, people in the world, they look at you coming to church on a Wednesday night, and they'll say, you're foolish. No, no, no. You're foolish because you don't believe in Jesus. How many of you thank God that he has opened up our eyes to the truth? Can you say amen, church? 
1 Corinthians 3.19, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. Now tonight we want to look at a second word of interest. And that's, that's found in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. And this word is the word bewitched. Bewitched. Let me read Galatians 3, 1 again. It says this, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed and crucified. Now, what is the definition of bewitched? Well, here is one definition. A family comedy television series that aired from 1964 to 1972 starring Elizabeth Montgomery as Samantha Stevens. I don't know about you. Now, some of you may be too young to even remember this show. I used to watch it when I was a little kid. Okay? That's one definition. But the real definition is this. Enchant and delight someone. Enchant and delight someone. Number two, cast a spell over someone. It's amazing what people will do when they are bewitched. Look at what Hitler was able to do in Nazi Germany. Look at what Jim Jones was able to do with those that followed him to Jonestown, Guyana. Look at the influence that the Watchtower organization has over those who are Jehovah's Witnesses. Look at the influence that the Church of Latter-day Saints has over those who are Mormons. Valentine's Day is coming. In case you didn't realize it, in case you forgot, I'm giving you a heads up, all the guys out there, Valentine's Day is coming, where we celebrate falling in love. Many people say that when we are in love, we are bewitched. We are in a fog. We are under another person's spell. We are enchanted. We do not see a single zit on the other person. We do not see a single hair out of place. As far as we're concerned, all the guys look like a young Brad Pitt and all the girls look like a young Pamela Anderson. No faults. Very beautiful. Perfect. And then after we get married, something happens. Something happens. All of a sudden, we see the zits and we see all the stuff that lags and all the imperfections. And we realize, wow, I just married a guy that's bald and I didn't realize it. The power of being bewitched under someone's spell, enchanted. It just so happens that today, is the 69th anniversary of Chatsworth Foursquare Church. Today, this very day, is the 69th anniversary of this church. 69 years ago, the church was started by Pastor Carl and Georgine Burns. This building did not exist. This property, we didn't have the church on this property. They started down the street on Devonshire in a two-car garage that's still there. Right down the street on Devonshire, that two-car garage is still there where they started the Chatsworth Foursquare Church 69 years ago. And we certainly have a lot to celebrate and to be thankful for. But in these 69 years, our church has been through and experienced some difficult times. Now, there's times of great accomplishment and great celebration, but our church has also gone through some difficulties and some challenges. 
Now, this is not a very popular subject that I'm going to bring up right now, but in our church, in this church, you will always have certain individuals that seem to have a certain ability to bewitch certain members into following them and their teaching to the point where they will no longer recognize or respect the leadership of the pastor, but instead fall under the spell of another individual or another leader within the church. Not a nice thing to talk about, not a nice thing to bring up, but sadly, it happens almost in every church. This oftentimes results in churches being divided or splitting apart or in rivalries from forming within a church, and the results are always very sad, very damaging, and very hurtful. Did everyone hear what I just said? This is the power of being bewitched. All of these are reasons why we always need to focus our attention on Jesus Christ and the truth found in the Bible and not on people's personalities. That you hear what I just said, church. It's so important that you listen to this. We need to focus on Jesus, not on people's personalities. Focusing on people, no matter how dynamic or charismatic or gifted or anointed or influential that they may be, is always dangerous. Take your eyes off of people. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Always keep your eyes on the Lord. Always keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Listen, I'm going to let you down. Every human being is going to let you down. Jesus will never let you down. Jesus will never fool you or deceive you. Secondly, always make sure that the truth you are believing is found in the Bible and not someone's opinion, someone's point of view, or based on their own emotions, or on their own carnal thinking, or in their own personal revelations. No, make sure that it's found in the Bible. So getting back to the Galatian church, sadly, they had allowed themselves to be bewitched. And sadly, they had rejected the gospel of grace and were now being led to believe that they had to earn their salvation through good works or the works of the law. They were choosing to follow Moses and reject Jesus Christ. Now, if they were ignorant of the truth to begin with, if they were ignorant of the true gospel in the first place, then maybe they would have an excuse for being bewitched or for being fooled or for being foolish. But the thing that makes this so tragic is that the Galatians had not only heard this truth, but they had embraced it. They received the true gospel and they loved it. They were strongly affectionate to it and they firmly believe it. But now they began to hesitate and doubt it. They were not so fully persuaded. They seemed ready to let it go. They did not hold fast to it. They they were no longer professing it. They were no. They were now. They were now wavering in it. They were fallen from the, some degree of steadfastness of their faith in it. They were no longer walking in obedience to the truth of it. And the apostle Paul is declaring: after hearing such clear preaching, after receiving such clear insight. After experiencing the witness of the Holy Spirit entering your souls and receiving such great salvation, how can you be so foolish to let yourself be bewitched? How many of you remember that day when you came to Christ and how Christ changed your whole life? And, there's, and the Apostle Paul is saying, how could you let that go? How could you allow that experience to leave you? Now, me personally, I can somewhat relate 
to what the Apostle Paul is saying. Going back to our own personal church history, I can remember when I was a youth pastor here. This was many years ago. And there was a certain individual that was a leader in our church. I was just a young leader at that time, and I was the youth pastor. And uh, this particular leader, uh, some things happened, and they ended up going into the Mormon church. It was so weird to me. I, I, it was, I couldn't believe it. It was shocking. Why? Because this particular leader would even teach in the church about how Mormonism was a cult and how Jehovah's Witnesses were a cult. They were like almost experts on these subjects. And yet, they left our church and went into the Mormon church. And in my mind, I was thinking, how can something like that happen? It doesn't make any sense. How can someone who knew the truth experience the truth, goes to church full of people that are together in the truth and yet be bewitched or deceived to the point where they would leave something that is the truth and go into something that they actually taught was a cult. So I can understand a little bit about how the Apostle Paul was feeling about the Galatians. The one who is always responsible for this type of deception is the devil. Did you hear what I just said? I know that he uses people. Believe me. He uses people to carry out his agenda. And he's very effective with it. But he's always the one that's responsible. He does have bewitching power. He is a master deceiver and liar. We don't want to glorify the devil. But man, we better not underestimate the, the power of the devil either. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15 says this, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. Listen to what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 10 says. This is out of the New Living Translation. It says this, For this lawlessness is already at work secretly. See, the enemy works secretly. He works in stealth. He works very quietly. And he starts stirring things up very quietly, secretly. And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Verse 8, then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. Verse 9, this man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception or bewitching power to fool, to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. It's very, very important, church, that we as children of God understand and be aware and most importantly, learn to recognize. Learn to recognize. Let me say it again. You need to, if you're going to survive this thing, you have to learn 
to recognize when the enemy is at work in our life or in the life of another individual. Once again, learn to recognize when the enemy is at work trying to bewitch us. For example, I'll give you an example. I'll use myself as an example. As soon as someone comes to you and begins to criticize me as a pastor or Julie as a pastor or our church, immediately a red flag should go up. Immediately you should recognize, hey, there's something wrong with this picture. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It could be your spouse. It could be the person sitting next to you. Look at the person sitting next to you. I'm going to be suspicious of you from now on. Sad to say, but the enemy will use me and the enemy may use you to begin to cause this bewitching power to cause division and strife in the church. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying? And you need to be able to recognize this right away. Now, if Julie and I as pastors are in sin or doing something that is against the Bible or teaching things that are not doctrinal or biblical, then by all means, step up and speak to us and confront us and love us enough to correct us. There are right ways to confront leadership in the church. There's biblical ways to confront leadership in the church because sadly, sometimes pastors are not perfect, and sometimes pastors go off and get messed up too. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying? But if we as pastors and if we as a church body are doing our best to stay true to Jesus Christ and to the biblical truth, then please be alert and don't allow yourself to be bewitched by the devil. As soon as you sense or discern that there's dissension and it's unwarranted, You need to recognize that. And you need to cry out to the Lord and ask Him to help you not to be bewitched or to fall prey into that kind of negative thinking. Now, you guys with me? Can you say amen, church? It's the only way we're going to survive this thing because, believe me, the enemy is very crafty. Now, just to conclude, I want to show you this graphic of some of the different names of the devil. And the reason why this is important is because each and every one of these, just like Jesus has many names, just like our God has many names, guess what? The devil also has many names, many ways in which he could bewitch us, many ways in which he could deceive us. And in the same way that we need to understand and know who our God is and how he works, the enemy, the Bible says that we need to understand and be alert and be wise as to how the enemy works. Let me just go through some of these names very quickly, okay? And I'll have to look at the list that they put up here, okay? Father of lies, the great red dragon, the lying spirit, old serpent, piercing serpent, power of darkness, prince of this world, evil spirit, leviathan, liar, murderer, Satan, serpent, tempter, and I'm sure there's more, right? There's many more names that are not being shown here, okay? I had a whole list of different names. Each and every one of those are ways in which the enemy will try to bewitch us or trick us or deceive us or get us to fall prey to his lies. I want to conclude just by reading one chapter, and that's Revelation chapter 12. Let me just go ahead and read this. I'm going to read it, hopefully, out of the NIV. Here it is. I just want to read Revelation chapter 12, and then we're going to conclude. It says, A great sign appeared in heaven, 
a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain, and she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child. The moment he was born, devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she might fly to the place prepared for her, in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time, times, and half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged and the woman, at the woman and went off to wage war. And this is the, scripture that I, the verse that I wanted to focus on. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman, and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring and those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Church, if you didn't know it already, we are in a war. We are in a war, and we have to be alert, and we have to be, uh, we have to be, make sure that we understand the enemy's tactics and that we recognize the enemy's tactics, and that we confront the enemy whenever we sense that he's trying to bewitch us or deceive us, because his powers are very powerful. But how many of you understand that his word and his spirit are more powerful? Can you say amen, church? But we got to fight in this battle, and we got to stay faithful to Jesus and not allow ourselves to be bewitched. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, We pray, Lord God, for your help as we confront the enemy, Lord God, every single day. Every single day, he's going to try to deceive us. He's going to try to enchant us. He's going to try to, Lord God, put us in a fog. And we have to recognize 
and understand when these things happen, Lord. And there's many ways that he can come at us, many ways that he can do this. And we have to recognize, Lord God, and understand what we need to do to come against it. So we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will help us, Lord, to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. If you're listening to me right now and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die tonight or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here tonight and you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to be sure in your heart that you are ready to go to heaven and that you are right with God, just say this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I recognize that I am a sinner. But today, I repent of those sins. And I ask you to forgive me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know what? I had a prayer request up here. And I don't know what I did with it. Hold on, okay? For Pam Casas? Oh, here it is. Okay. Let's pray for Pam Casas. She has COVID. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for Pam Casas that needs healing in her body. Heal her, Lord God, of the effects of COVID that it won't be serious. Bless her, encourage her, and help her to recover and be healed quickly. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, church, God bless you. Stay alert. Stay in your game. Be aware of what's going on. And when you feel the enemy, rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Amen. To stay faithful to the Lord. And David, congratulations, bro, on the passing of your test. It's good to see you tonight. Praise God. You're all dismissed, church. Those of you that need any personal ministry, you feel free to come on up. And we will pray with you here tonight. Praise God.